0: दिनो बंधु जगत परे गुपिशा गुपिका कंदरा रागंतनु सुधे तत्कंचन बुरंगे राधे बिन दाबन इश्वरे प्रशावानु सुधे देवी परमामी mm-hmm. जाए mm-hmm. मस्त की mm-hmm. जाए। mm-hmm. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. We'll discuss briefly this evening on the occasion of Sri Krishna Janmashtami the third chapter, first part of the third chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, with regard to Krishna. Being the source of all incarnations. So, as you may know, Srimad Bhagavatam is a, a central book for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Sometimes it has been described as the very heart of Krishna. So, you can't have Krishna's heart without Krishna. <laughs> so, Krishna's is also there. His heart, of course. It means his devotees. And the topmost devotee, although she's also a deity for us, is Radha. So it's about Krishna's love for his devotees in general and his love for Radha in particular. And as I say, you can't have one without the other. You can't have Krishna without his heart. You can't have his heart without him. They're one and different at the same time. You can't have Krishna without Krishna's devotees. And so the book is as much about Krishna as it is about his heart when we speak about it in terms of being about his heart then we're speaking about the sentiment of the Bhagavatam we're speaking largely about the religious side of the Bhagavatam's metaphysical equation of oneness and difference simultaneous oneness and difference an impossible thing which is possible because the Lord is possessed of uh, inconceivable shaktis that do wonderful things, Mm -hmm. things beyond the realm of our present experience. So, when we speak about the heart of the Bhagavatam, we speak about these uh, sentiments of the devotees, the feeling of the Bhagavatam, the religious side, the bhava of the Bhagavatam. I should say it's rather a super-religious side, it appears like ordinary dharma in many respects, that is for both the leela of Krishna and the, the, the culture of Krishna consciousness in, in many respects as well, much as it involves particularly in our lineage, in uh, employment of all types of things, all things really. Mm. The Lord's service makes the Vaishnavas, for example, sometimes look worldly, busy about worldly things, but of course the motivation is different. And the Leela also looks rather ordinary, if not not religious, irreligious, especially the romantic life of Krishna. But these are actually super-religious expressions that amount to, in one sense, the difference in the one and different equation of Jiva Goswami. And the oneness, then, that is the tattva of the Bhagavatam. And with regard to the tattva of Bhagavatam, perhaps the, the most important philosophical truth of the Bhagavatam is that Krishna is in Prabhupada's language the supreme personality of Godhead. You may have noticed that he uses that term over and over again. Probably a academically trained editor would want to call him on that for uh, repetition. But of course he had a purpose of his own and his writing was uh, coming from his uh, his feeling for Krishna consciousness feeling for it and feeling for the need to establish what it's really about, the tattva of it, the truth of it. So, for a purpose, he said again and again, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The chapter we are going to discuss, to some extent, is entitled by his Divine Grace, who did a commentary on the whole of the Bhagavatam practically, Krishna is the source of all incarnations. Same idea may remember that in the beginning of this great uh, treatise, as it comes to us from Sukadeva Goswami, of course that's not the beginning of the Bhagavatam it has uh, no origin Vishwanath Chakrabdik Thakur has in one place compared it to vaikuntha planet within the material world we hear of such things in the Bhagavatam and he likes to say that the Bhagavatam itself is, is, is one what does it say in the text Yat this local it's another creation altogether, these words, and powerful enough to create a complete uh, to bring about a revolutionary change in the lives, not only of ordinary people but even impious people. It has such power, and not in its entirety, but then again, in its entirety. In other words, the verse says, "Bave in one word." yasmin pati shloka even one one shloka one, one small uh, pada one line and that's not the whole of the Bhagavatam then again it is Mahaprabhu told after giving 64 explanations of one verse in, in which Sutta Goswami is describing the trance of Vyas, that famous Satmarama verse after giving 60 ex- some explanations he said well actually after giving that and converting Saravama charja, not it's important to know it on the basis of the conclusions that he presented as much as was the conversion on the basis of the divine uh, opulence that Mahaprabhu manifested by doing something inhuman in terms of his explanation. And of course, the background to that was also the sukriti that came to Sāvabhūma as a result of the well-wishing, even with some frustration on the part of his brother-in-law, law Gopinatha Charja. He wanted him to become a devotee, He practically wanted to hit him over the head with the Bhagavatam. He couldn't understand the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He quoted all the standard slokas from Bhagavatam and other places, and the Bhattacharya was not convinced. So you should also know that uh, there's nothing new that we can do to convince people of the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Many of them don't, in, in, in the learned sectors, they don't like the way we translate certain verses and show Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and feel Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there. This was going on 500 years ago. Bhattacharya Sarvabhama couldn't perceive it. What was the conclusion of Gopinath? Oh. The reason you can't understand is because you haven't got the mercy of God. How do I know that you have the mercy? He, he laughed. Because I can tell that he's God. This is his reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. And so, by something other than mere academics, scholarship will it be known, that, uh, will the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu be known. And although we, we we're going to discuss this to some extent tonight, Jiva Goswami did go to great lengths to, academically, so to speak, by citing scripture and explaining it, as to great lengths to establish that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. None of the Goswamis went to such lengths to establish in the same way that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is God to speak of the fact that he's Krishna. And one of the reasons for this is because the way in which they revealed and the extent to which they revealed, based on their feeling and their sentiment, giving support to that from scripture and logic and so forth, that Krishna is again in Prabhupada's language, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the source of all incarnations. That was such an extraordinary insight in and of itself. That, you have to understand, was revolutionary at the time of the Goswamis. Even we find it today in the Krishna Krishna's, the Eighth in, in, uh, Incarnation of Vishnu. Uh, but in, in, in those times, and in that kind of Vedic, uh, if you will, uh, or Shastric world, of India at the time this was a revolutionary idea absolutely revolutionary but after doing that for example in his Krishna Sandarbha this is the, this is where it was done by Jiva Goswami the arguments of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami that we find in the second chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita, they come from there same arguments for establishing one thing Krishna is the supreme personality of God and second thing the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna But again, if you study that chapter, second chapter, you see he doesn't give a lot of arguments that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. But he goes at some length to explain that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. So my point is, those people, those devotees who have that much insight into Krishna to understand, as none before had really done, that he was the source of all incarnations, then... Whatever they say about Krishna, we have to take seriously. And if they say, and incidentally, and by the way, He is Krishna, we'll give a few slokes to support it, but basically, our opinion is you should go on. The explanation that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God is enough. He, if you read it, if you study it, if you hear it, they have your faith. They've collected your faith. And then, but they point to Mahaprabhu and say, He is Krishna also. They have their faith, means they have their feeling, and by feeling this will be, this will be known. This is a secret, secret thing. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's identity with Krishna, very special thing. So, Bhagavatam is not, uh, in, in one sense, 18,000 shlokas. It's as much one word. Mahaprabhu, after giving a, that wonderful explanation to Sarvabhama, and converting him based on, again, not on the so much the philosophical conclusions, but just the fact that he did such a thing, he had such an explanation, that he could explain it in so many ways. Of course, we should understand, in many ways means, from many, many different angles, he showed how it was all pointing in the same direction. After that, in Benares, Sanatana Goswami, who was the learned, most learned of the Gosamis, the original commentator on Bhagavatam great love for Bhagavatam he had and the elder of the Gosamis he had to skip from jail and he was he met Mahaprabhu in, in Benares, and Mahaprabhu instructed him that Sanatan Shiksha is there in Chaitanya Charitamrita, and after giving all the the the, the, the Shiksha to Sanatan Goswami, he had a a desire being a scholar and a devotee, but a big scholar devotee. He had heard that previously Mahaprabhu had done a wonderful thing, had made it shown a divine manifestation of his opulence of gyan, knowledge, scriptural knowledge, and bhakti by explaining that Atmaram shloka in sixty some different ways to Sarubama. So he said, I'm wondering, you know, you've given him so much shiksha, but I heard about this. Could could you also repeat that to me? Prabhupada said, I don't remember what I said. That was like the passing of the wind. Some feeling came in me. That's all. But if you like, I will say something about the verse. And again, he gave another some 60 different explanations of Admarama Shloka. And in the midst of that, he made the point that you should know, Sanatana Prabhu, every word of Srimad Bhagavatam is Krishna. How much, can we, how much we can be engaged in speaking about Krishna? What does Vedanta Sutra say? Shankar says, the truth cannot be spoken of in words. Our commentator, Baldev, says, the truth we cannot say enough about. In that way, words cannot say enough. So much to be said. One word of Bhagavatam is Krishna. And if we're capable, as Prabhupada used to like to say when quoting that verse, one word would change their life. He used to extend it. One verse, one shloka, one pada, one shloka, one pada, one one line, one word. Even if they touched the book, and there we were out there touching people with the book, (laughs) changing their lives. Mm -hmm. You used to speak on that verse like, like the like your house was burning down with such urgency there's such an important message this is, and that was what the verse says it, it says afterwards abhidha p even if the language is uh, some in, in in some discrepancy in the grammatical rules or poetry Bhagavatam is really poetry so if there's some uh, fault somewhere that should be overlooked because of the nature of the of the of the of the message, its urgency. Probably like to give an example. If the house is burning down, it doesn't matter what language you speak if you speak Italian, French, Sanskrit, Mangala, English, you can you make your message known. So Bhagavatam speaks to us about the urgency not only of our plight in material existence, but of our potential for love. Very compelling. And although we have it in 18,000, almost 18,000 shlokas, it's been passed down from Krishna to Brahma and Brahma to Narada, Narada to Vyas. We have the Narada Bhagavatam within Sugadeva's Bhagavatam, about 12, 13 verses where Narada enlightens Vyas about the significance of Bhagavatam. In this particular edition, of course, we have the, we have everything there. Krishna speaks to Brahma. Uh, Bhamatunard Nara to Vyas, Vyasa to sukadev Sukadev to Parikshit, Sutta is in the audience. And now he's speaking it to the to the sages. So in that first chapter, Sūta Goswami conversation with the sages, they ask a question about the avatars of Krishna. Here's coming the answer in this chapter, third chapter. They want to know about First of all, they want to know about Krishna's avatars, which tells us something. Oh, there's Krishna, and there's these avatars of Krishna. But These things are passed over by most readers of the Bhagavatam. But the goswami's they paid such attention to Bhagavatam. As much as they have revealed about Krishna, they have embraced Sriman Bhagavatam. You cannot go to anyone else, anyone else, and expect to get as profound and charming of an understanding of Sumat Bhagavatam as you can get from those who make the book their very life and soul. And you can go to Vrindavan today in the Braj, and there are all types of Bhagavatam saptas going on. And everyone, it doesn't matter what sampradaya they're from, they come to Braj, they come on, on Bhagavatam, they're using the tikas of Vishwanachakuti Thakura, Sanatana Goswami. Our lineage can tell us about Srimad Bhagavatam. So some people want to meddle in here and there and quote the verses from Bhagavatam and give a different explanation than ours and question ours. But it's not even their main book. Main book, in every respect, Jiva Goswami and His has told is the book around which all the books of the revealed scripture re- evolve, uh, revolve. It's that that reference point from which we can check cross-reference every other text, every other shloka and every other book. If it coincides with, if it if it agrees with Bhagavatam, then it's embraced. To the extent that it doesn't, we consider it a relative aspect of scripture. So, here it comes. He says, uh, so here comes the answer. Some discussion about Krishna and his avatars. And Sutta Goswami says, Jagrihe Purusham Rupam Bhagawan Mahadadi Bhi. Two very important words here. Purusham and Bhagawan. The two are one and different. If there's any verse that is close to being the most important verse of Bhagavatam, most important verse from the point of view of Tattva, of course, comes in this chapter. It comes in the previous chapter when Srutu Baswami says "Badanti tat tat tattva vidas tatvam yad jñānam advayam vāmeti paramātmeti bhagavān iti śabdite Srutu has written two entire treaties on this verse bhagavān and um, bhagavat and paramatmas and he wants to, by his explanations there and does very well explain the that the absolute has, although is non-dual consciousness, has three different expressions: Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagavan. Now, there's not much to be said about Brahman, and he really dispenses with the discussion in five, six, or seven sections of his work. What's to be said about something that has nothing going on in it, although it's spectacular, and it is the Lord, his teja, his 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 aura. And it's spiritual, and it's him. By comparison, the Purusha means the Paramatma, and Bhagwan. There's much more to be said. So you find it in the treatise of Deva Goswami that our whole Tattva is found in Tattvasandarbha. There's your inter- introduction, and it establishes the uh, way in which we Gaudis know about, know go about knowing what we know which is through revelation, the principal expression of which is the Bhagavatam and what's it about. Then we come to then we come immediately to the, the bhagwat Sandarbha, which is about Bhagwan, the Paramatma Sandarbha, about the Purusha, the Paramatman, Oversoul of the World, Krishna Sandarbha, all about Krishna. We get more sp- specific now about Bhagawan, and so on. There's Bhakti Sandarbha and uh, the uh, Preeti sandharva The latter two are about Abhideya and Prayojan. The first three are about Sambandha. And do you catch my drift? What is there not a treatise on? There's no Brahman Sandarbha. He has not paid much attention to that. Not much to be said about that. By compare, in, in comparison. Here, both the Purusha, the Paramatma, and Bhagavan are mentioned. So, it's a verse, and this whole section is a section in which there is some clear differentiation between the two. You should know that Jiva Goswami's explanation of that verse, "Badanti tat you know, Brahmi,ti Paramatmi,ti Bhagavan,iti shabdite, that. It's never been explained the way he explained it. You can't go to the Ramanuja Sampradaya or there's other Madhva Sampradaya, other Vaishnava Sampradayas. There's three different features of the Absolute that, they, that this puts them on tilt. They, cannot, they, they don't uh, understand the Absolute in that way. This is a unique contribution of Gaudiya Sampradaya. A fellow wrote and challenged me about that particular verse, tat Tattva Vidas in our understanding of it, giving another explanation. He wanted me to defend it. Apparently <laughs> what I say, there's there's two and a half sandarbas about it. Yes, what I can mean. do <laughs> in the Sangha, but <laughs> so much to be said. So I had to refer him to the to the original original texts. But here's a here's a, uh, a verse that helps us to appreciate that. As I say, both the Purusha and Bhagawana mentioned. This verse says Jagrihe Purusham Rupam Bhagavan Maharadi that Bhagwan, in the beginning of creation, Bhagwan first expressed himself, expanded himself as the Purusha. So we're talking about the Lord's avatars. We're beginning with the Purusha Avatars. So the first three verses will be about Karandakshaya Vishnu, Daksha Vishnu, Chiradakshaya Vishnu, these big Vishnus who are all part of manifesting the world, the elements, the ingredients of the world, overseeing it, the whole of the universal, the cosmos, cosmos, uh, one for the universe, one for every atom within the universe, or every heart, three forms of Vishnu. This is God, this is the Purusha, the Paramatma. Overseer of the, of, of the world. And he has incarnations, avatars. And so then the list begins. About twenty-some avatars are mentioned. And a good sampling of the types of avatars. There's Manvantara avatars, there's, uh, it's a uh, Avesh avatar, Shaktivesh avatar, there's Leela avatars, moon avatars, a sampling of some of them. They are not all mentioned. Some twenty are mentioned. This is not all of them. No, he says, uh, in after his description, Asankheda. asankhya, he abhuta, Avutara he asankhya. Of oh, these avatars, they are unlimited. Some of them are given, given, and the and the spirit of it is kind of a sampling. There are many different kinds. And of course, in the midst of that, there's mention of Krishna. What is it? Ramo Krishna Itibhuha, Bhagavan, Aharad-Bharam, Krishna and Balaram, mentioned in the list of avatars. But Sutta Goswami uses the word in describing them, Krishna and Balaram, they appeared, and Bhagavan, Aharad-Bharam, they delivered the world from, from the burden, from its burden. This is what they did. Each of the avatars is described with a person and some of the description about his characteristics, what he did, and so forth. So these two, they lifted the burden of the world. This is the work of, of, of a yuga avatar to free the world from the burden of what is the burden of the world? Impiety. But he uses the word Bhagawan. He's used the word Bhagawan here in the beginning of the chapter also. And what is the context? He says Bhagawan appears first as an expansion in the form of the Purusha, overseeing the world. And from the Purusha, so many avatars are coming. Krishna is mentioned in the list of avatars. But he's also being described as Bhagavan. None of the other avatars are described there as Bhagavan. So that word Bhagavan corresponds with Bhagavan here. Although he's in the list, still he's special. And then he goes on to say, what? Ete chaamsa kalapumsa Krishna's tu bhagavan This is very interesting. In one line, Krishna's tu bhagavan sayam, the whole tattva of the Bhagavatam is found. Jiva Goswami calls it the Paribhasha shloka. Is a is shloka is a verse or a line, that comes in the beginning of a, of a complex book that could be construed to be about any number of things. But it's placed in the beginning of the book in order to give the, the key to what it's all about, about all those different things, how they can be, what they revolve around, what they are to be referenced to. The Paribhashloka is, in other words, the key to understanding the tattva of a, of a book. Someone complains, someone may complain, you're making so much out of this one line, Krishna's two, Bhagavan, sayam So what? There are so many statements in Bhagavatam. You're making so much out of this one. Therefore, Yubhagas Swami says, yes, because it's a paribhasha Shloka. Although it's one line, because it's the paribhasha line, paribhasha. therefore we're making much out of it. That such a book requires this, he also explains, because it's, it would appear to be about so many things. And it's a fact. There is no one thing, one line in this book that you can pick out, select, and demonstrate how the whole book revolves around that. But this one you can, and he's done it. So he says, yeah, it's only one line, but one big line. Is, such is the nature of a Paribhash And in this Paribhash it says, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, that Krishna... Which is the subject? Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna's two. Bhagavan Swayam. Two means but, and two means with emphasis. But Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. Ete Chamsa Kala Pumsa. It says, all these, Ete, all these, Cha, Angsa Kala, all these that have been described, incarnations, means Angsa and Kala as, as I said, there was a selection of avatars described there. Some of them are partial. Some are par parts of parcel, par, mm, parcels of parts of incarnations. Different types of incarnations, different types of avatars, different degrees. That means of the Lord's uh, manifestation of divinity appearing in these different persons that we call avatars. So kala, pumsa pumsa. So all of these and Kalas of the Purusha, they're all coming from the Purusha. But, Krishna's two brother ones, so I am. But, although it means I've mentioned Krishna a few verses back as one of the avatars, I want to further qualify that. Saying that he was Bhagwan there and the deliverer of the world, that says one thing. Now I want to say something more. He, the source of all incarnations, of all these—that means including the purusha—which again, the very first verse is really saying, from Bhagavan comes the purusha; from the purushas come the avatars. Krishna appears amongst the avatars. We describe him as Bhagavan in the course of explaining his descent, and also we explain him there. Sudha Gosami is saying, in terms of what he does, delivering the world from the burden. Now. Can you understand? There's some distinction here. Swayam Bhagavan Krishna, yes, he's the deliverer of the world. But in what respect? In terms of his own expansion, Devakinandan Krishna. This Devakinandan Krishna, who appeared in Mathura to Devaki and Vasudev. He, did a, he, he delivered the world from the burden of the earth. Brahma called. The earth was burdened by impiety. Bhumi, the earth, in the form of a cow, came before him, mooing in distress, like we hear our Bhumi mooing in distress every now and then. Hmm? Mooing. It's, it's very compelling. Got Brahma's attention, when with the demigods, petitioned the Lord, got a message, I'm coming. I'll deliver the burden. This is Devaki Nandan Krishna. He went, he killed the Asuras, he killed Kangsa and this Jarasanda, and so many, so many. He Established the fort in Dwarka. He delivered the world from its its burden. Yes. This is this is Bhagawan, but this is in a closer look this is expansion of Swayam Bhagavan and Prajendanandan Krishna the son of Nanda Maharaj in Dushoda he is Swayam Bhagavan in every sense of the term he is someone may complain you are saying this Krishna of Vrindavan is the is the supreme Godhead the source of all avatars but the Shruti says Brahman is the, is supreme. But what is Brahman? How is Brahman described there? In the Shruti? In the Upanishads? It's completely independent. Now you look at Krishna and Vrindavan. And you see what... This is real... Um, an expression of real independence. This Krishna and Vrindavan... This is the full expression of... If you study carefully, see... This is independence... He, his lila is not even dependent upon it, having to do the work of delivering the world, killing the asuras. He doesn't go outside of Vrindavan. Some asuras come there, that's true. But he kills them in play, if he kills them at all. We say the Vishnu inside him does that. So this is, he is fully independent, fully free. This is what the Shruti is talking about when it says that the Absolute is independent. Bhagavatam is but playing, out, playing that out in its description of Krishna. So, with these types of arguments and, and many more, Jiva Goswami begins his Krishna Sandarbha with these types of arguments, explaining this verse, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, that Krishna is the supreme personality, God, of the source of all incarnations. He says, "Well, maybe he goes on." Of course, he says, "Maybe some people will say there are other verses in the Bhagavatam that seem to say something different." So he says, "Let's let's let's get them, let's bring them out. Ones you would have never thought of." He says, "This might be interpreted otherwise. This one might be interpreted otherwise. How about this one?" Then he then he shows how to understand them in relation to the prabhasloka, how they are supporting it. Then he goes and collects all the verses that, also, that, that do overtly support it and so forth. He makes such a strong case for Krishna's position. And it's important for us to know these things, to know, to be sure, to be convinced that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. because unless we know that, how will we be able to give our all in all to him? Aham sarvasya prabhava, mata sarvam pravartate. Iti matva bhajan demam buddhabhava samanvita. In order to have, to worship him, iti matva, what is it? Buddhabhava samanvita. In order to worship him with that kind of feeling. Guru Maharaj just said, what did he say? uh, Raga, uh, Raga Buddhabhava samanvita, who knows Krishna as the source of everything can give to him, of give of oneself everything to him. This is what, of course, Brindaban is about. Full giving and full getting. Full giving, uh, self-sacrifice, self-forgetfulness, corresponds with the fullest uh, reciprocation from divinity. So, knowing him, knowing the tattva, my point is on this, is really... Necessary in order to fuel the kind of uh, practice that it causes the absolute to show that that face of Krishna to us. In which, interestingly enough, the fact that he is the tattva disappears, and the fact that he is the supreme personality of God becomes over overridden by by the by the love. So the Bhava is fueled initially by that understanding. And once it's fueled and it, 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 it takes on a life of its own and consumes the devotee, then it obscures the fact that Krishna is, is god and makes possible the intimacy of the vraja So, it's for good reason that he, Jibha Goswami, goes at great lengths to explain this point. And again, of course, this leads to to our sense that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is Krishna and then Mahaprabhu is showing the kind of bhajan to do and so forth. But, as I say, while this is the tattva of Bhagavatam in many respects, the most important tattva of Bhagavatam, therefore it's about Krishna, the book is also about the heart of Krishna, about that love that's that's possible, that can manifest in, in, if one knows and is convinced that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of You understand my point. You have to give of yourself, and if you want to be a giver, you know, if, if you really, if you understand that life works by giving, this is what makes the world really go round. It's the opposite of what it seems it's by reason. But the fact, the mystical fact of life is that we get by giving, and and beyond that, the giving is is the getting. If we have some sense about this, and that's what human life's about. Human life is about the chance to the fact that we have a chance of all expressions in nature. The humans have the chance to voluntarily give. This might—you might see this in some animal, a lassie, you know—just <laughs> a you know rare occasion, and, and we understand. Oh, some human got stuck there, went down, but he's a but a special. Uh, or sometimes we see animals in relation to the devotees and, and then Dom and so forth uh, these, you know, my, these are special things otherwise the ru- there, so there are some exceptions. but the rule is human life is that time that juncture in nature when nature wakes up to the fact that it that it, that it, that it exists it can think about itself, and if it thinks enough, then it will realize it will understand. The way this thing is working is by giving, one gets. So in human life we have the chance to voluntarily give. That's what we call love. That's why the Gita, Krishna encourages people to give, somehow or other. He says, first do this, do this, if you can't do this, if you can't do that, just, just give. Just give. Somewhere. Anywhere. Even. Start to give. And when you start to get, you start to catch on how it works, then you want to give, well, where you can give the most. And when you understand that giving is not what you have, which is an extension of yourself, but it should be—that's only giving because it's an extension of yourself. You should give yourself. How can I give myself? Where can I give myself? How can I give myself fully? If one wants to know this, this is—you can come. You're you're a candidate for Gaudiya Vaishnavism because this is the Gaudiya Vaishnavism is the answer to that. If you've understood a little bit, if you have a glimmer of insight into the fact that life. The way it revolves around giving. The world really moves by saha. The world turns on saha, sacrifice, giving. Just the opposite of what it looks like. Guru Mahārāj used to say, we will go by having our head stepped on. In the modern world, you know, those terms, you got to step on people's heads to, to get somewhere. Just the opposite. That head stepping means, it may look like going somewhere, but I be going backwards. And having your head stepped on. That means that is real real progress. So, if have, you have an inkling into this, this is what life's about, this is how it works. Gaudi Vaishnava is giving, giving the full picture. That's what the whole Vrindavan Leela is about. It says to us when you fully give, well, in order to do that first, you have to find a place where you, who can, where everything can be taken. That That center, that object that can take fully. That's what we mean by Krishna. He can take fully. And we are cooking today like anything. And we we are doing hardly anything, thinking what appetite he has. We heard this morning in Chaitanya Bhagwat of Mahaprabhu's anger as a child, because he didn't get what he wanted for one minute. He asked his mother, I want to worship the Ganges. Please bring garland and uh, and lamp and so forth. She said, yes, okay, I'll get it in a minute. Not a minute! (laughs) Then he broke every pot in the house, Every every cupboard, when everything was scattered and broken, then he began to beat on the house. He couldn't beat on the house. He began to beat on the trees in the yard. And we we, we, we were thinking, getting a little angry there. <laughs> and this is God. How are we going to explain this to people? Do we believe it ourselves? He's a supreme enjoyer. If he doesn't get his enjoyment for a moment. He lets you know. Sometimes it's said that the deity is a very merciful merciful. Manifestation of the Lord, the Archivigraha. Why? Because for the most part, He doesn't talk. What does that mean? What the Prabhupada used to say about the deity? The Krishna comes in the de- as the form of the deity, means that He comes in a form that you can handle. Does that mean we can, just because we can pick Him up, we can handle Him in that way? No, it means like this You can handle Him. Because if He talked, you'd be in trouble. You would be busy like anything you'd have no time for anything else. It's his kindness that you're not quite ready to hear him speak. So he doesn't say anything. He pretends to be like a stone. You can ignore him. You go out to his room over there. Yeah. i got other things to do. But if you start to tender to him and treat him not like a stone and cook for him, and that's why on a day like John me we're cooking and cooking. We, we get a glimpse. He might reciprocate with us. But only when we're ready. After that, it's such engagement, he's purified our heart, then he'll say something to us. Do like this, do like that. And then he may not be quiet. In the beginning, that's a problem for us. We have other other desires in our heart. He starts talking now. We'll have to ignore him. That'll be aparad. So very kindly, he's quiet. A form that we can handle. Supreme enjoyer. Mahabrabhu was angry. She said, I'll bring it in a minute. Not a minute, now! This is his position. He can take everything. Everything has come from him. He can take everything. Bring it on. Rasaraj. Of course, then <laughs> that, that, that creates then a competition for the givers who want to give. They hear that. Here's, some, here's someone who says he can take everything and reciprocate accordingly. Yajatam Prapadimti All right. We'll give there. Then he gives back. Prahlad gave Nishinga. Krishna came as Nishinga. The deity of Prahlad is Krishna. Of course, he's a Vaidhi Bhakta of Krishna, not a Ragh Bhakta of Krishna, but Krishna is in, in Mathura, in Dwarka, he's worshipped in that way. He came as Nishinga because he had to come in a unique way given the circumstances. And after it was all over, he held out his hand. It means Take a blessing, uh, You're having the darshan of Bhagwan now. take a blessing. no, I don't want anything. me get I don't want anything I'm not a merchant pralad said i'm a I'm a servant. I don't want anything. Take something. The lion man roared. The whole universe is trembling. Maybe you ought to take something, Prahlad. <laughs> take a little something. No, I don't want anything. Bhagwan tested him. This is he had selfless, self, selflessness. The beginning of selflessness. The beginning only. He had no material selfishness. And from Pralad and Bhagavatam, we go on up to less, greater and greater degrees of selflessness in spirituality. Spiritual selflessness. And we reach the brudge and when we reach the gopis and Radha and we find it there. Such selflessness, self forgetfulness, Sridhar like to call, that they've taken Bhagwan up on his challenge, Krishna's challenge. Surrender to me, I reciprocate it. Give to me, I can take it, I can reciprocate it accordingly. And they exhaust his supply. This is of course Bodhi Vaishnavism, purchased completely by the devotees. Therefore then he appears as the lover of Radha, as the friend of Suval Sridam, and as the son of Jashoda the Maharaj. This is Swayam Bhagavan. That Devakinandan Krishna, whose birth most people are celebrating today, that is the expansion of Krishna, that is Bhagavan Aharad, Bhagavan Aharad Bhavan. from this chapter again, who came to deliver the burden of the earth, He's Bhagavan, yes. He's also the source of all, all those avatars, but he also has an origin. Krishna's two Bhagawan Sayam. I, I want to further qualify that. Krishna, the source of everything. This Krishna, this means Nandan Krishna. And how is it that he is the son of Nanda? Because it appears, overtly, from the language of Bhagavatam, on its face it appears, at a glance, I should say, that, oh, he's born in Matura, he's transferred to uh, Vrindavan, exchanged for the daughter of Yashoda. Now, how could Yashoda have a daughter? Think about it. How is it possible for Yashoda to have a daughter? When all she wanted was a son. Your sadhya cannot be different from your sadhana. This is in bhakti, of course. What is your sadhana? Naratam says that will be your sadhya. Fix your ideal, and do your sadhana accordingly. It's not that you have one sadhana, in and in in your ideal is different. We also say sadya sadhana, sadhana sam. same. But Mahabhu told us to tapan Mishra, Krishna and Krishna, Krishna Nam is the sadhana, Krishna Nam is the sadhya. The means and the goal. That's true. So the kirtan is there to cleanse the heart. And kirtan is there in, in Mahabhru's Sankirtan at Sri Sangam. That's not for cleansing the heart, that's Rasa Kirtan. Rasa Sankirtan. What did Sarvabhama say? Chaitanya Shishti Prem Sankirtan. This is the creation of Chaitanya. They call it Prem Sankirtan. It was not for sadhana. <laughs> it was special, what he was seeing. So sadhana and sadhya saying. What, what is the sadhana of Madhya Shoda in, in, in Braj? She took off sadhana. You see, Nanda Maharaj was the king of the cowards. His father's name was Parjanya. It means cloud. And he rained good qualities. If anyone you want to name in Bhagavatam and pick out their qualities, Shiva, what is his quality? He's kind to his friends. Those who are dear to him, he's very kind to them. This is the nature of Shiva. Parikshit for his fame throughout the, all over the world. This one, that one. All these things, he was like a Pariksit in this regard, like a, like a Shiva in this regard, this Parjanya, extraordinary fellow. He, his father had two wives. One wife from a Chetria family, one wife from a Vaisha family. And the sons that came were Parjanya and Sura. One went to Mathura, but one went to the Brudge. Because it said that if you're in a mixed marriage, then you follow the ways of your mother. Like they say, if your mom's Jewish, you're Jewish, they say. So, Prajanya went for cowherding. His mother was a Vaisha. And he had five sons, extraordinary sons. They gave joy like the five senses to any human being do. Therefore he exploited the verbal root, uh, Nand, which means bliss in naming them. He named them Upananda, Abhinanda, Nanda, Sananda, Ennandana. And amongst the five of them, the middle son, Nanda, was the joy of all of the other of the other four. Such were his qualities, so extraordinary. And when Parjanya, after after worshiping Brahmins and Vaishnavas, giving cows in charity and living the most extraordinary life that a a king of the cowherds could. Uh, decided to retire. Naturally, he gave the kingdom to his eldest son, Abhinandan or excuse me, Upananda. Upananda. Coronation ceremony was there, and everything done. Everyone was happy. What was the first act of Upananda as a king? He gave the crown to Nanda. He said, "After all, I'm only an Upananda, which can mean a little Nanda." Hmm? <laughs> You are the real joy of the family. Your qualities are such, so he accepted. Nanda Maharaj became the king, and all the Brjubasies were so happy to have such a successor as Nanda Maharaj. And a marriage was arranged to the daughter of Sumuka, and uh, she was such that anyone who came in touch with her would develop good qualities. She was Jashoda. She she da. She gave Jashu fame. Whoever came in touch with her became famous. So the two married and carried on for some time, and the kingdom of the cowherds was happy in every respect, only one thing, only one problem. And as time went on, the problem became greater and greater and greater and greater, and the problem was the king doesn't have a son. And the king... Wanted a son, and the queen wanted a son. They didn't want a daughter. Not that they were against them, but they wanted a son. They wanted a son. And Jesuitta sort of made a confession to her husband, maybe the problem is this. Every time I think of having a son, I get a vision of a son. I want a son that's so great, so wonderful, that I hate to say it, but, and, and it's crazy, but I want a son that's more beautiful than our than God, than Narayan. And then I realize, oh, that's crazy, that's impossible. But every time at the, the thought of conception, I get this, it this clouds my vision, and what to do? And on the I said, I have the same problem. <laughs> same problem is coming at me. I envision is more beautiful than Narayan, and then I think, I'm crazy, I'm crazy. So Madaya she was very, very... uh Qualified person. Very good sadhaka. She worshipped Narayan very nicely. Mm. You see, now we're going from tattva to bhava or bhagavatam. That there's such emphasis on the importance of understanding that Krishna is the supreme personality of God and arguing with every other sampradaya on this to make our point. Then, when we move in the direction of the bhava of the bhagavatam, we relax, say, all right, no problem, Narayan is God. We give in. You can have it. We don't even care to know that, to think of. Previously, we made such a fuss about Krishna being God. Now we're not even concerned. We don't even think he's an avatar. We're going the opposite direction. Now, they were religious people. They did their sadhana. Mother Yasoda was very controlled, known for being very sense controlled. In fact, in her heart came the idea let us do avrat see brought for one year worshipping Narayan. This requires some restraint, control of the senses and so forth. So very strict sadhana. But what was the sadhana for? Why were they worshipping Narayan? To get a son. They're not worshipping to get a daughter. So how could they have a daughter? No, they wanted a son. They worshipped for one year together and then they each had a dream. And in a dream, they saw that sun more beautiful than Orion, but to their amazement, there was a girl with him who was like his shadow, following him everywhere, sometimes with form, sometimes formless. They changed notes, exchanged notes, realized they both had the same dream, and the dream ryan said i'm you're going to get your the fulfillment of your rut and so it began, so it happened. That controlled lady, Mother Yashoda, who had performed such a serious breath for one year with different types of fasting and so on, restriction of the diet and so forth, she began to demand sweets, extra sweets, milk products, things cooked in ghee, like a, like a bogey, like a big sense enjoyer, that controlled sadhaka, Vaishnavi, so qualified in the worship of Narayan, Suddenly she became a sense-enjoyer. She couldn't get enough sweets and sandish and burfi, and she would be complaining to her husband. Purnamasi appeared on the scene, first time with her associate Madhu Mangal. Like Narada, in learning, was the boy, and with the benediction, he would never change his size or age. The two of them came, appeared on the scene, and everyone was amazed. Who are you? What is a, a mystic lady appearing in our midst? And uh, what is our good fortune? She said, I'll tell you what your good fortune is. Your king is going to have a son. And they thought, oh, the prophecy, and, you, and you've come to tell us that's going to happen. And, yes, and it won't be long now. And they said, well, what, can, we, can we do something for you? She said, yes, just build me. They said, we'd like to build you a house along next to the Krishna. Krishna is another name for the Jamuna. She said, yeah, you just do, just do that. Do just that. You build me a house next to the Krishna. Krishna means black. Jamuna is a black river. Yes, she said, you have spoken another Veda. I will live next to the Krishna. This is Yogamaya, a particular manifestation of Maya. Purnamasi. She's living next to the Krishna. There is Krishna does not make a move that she does not know about. She is the, she is like the ideal disciple, who knows what the guru wants before he even knows. Bhunmarsing, you want that? <laughs> That's right. I want that. Yes. This is the way in which his his uh, shakti is tendering to him, and making all arrangements. And in different manifestations, she comes. Purnamasi is one, at the elder, and that girl that they saw in the dreams. Expression of her also. Meanwhile, what's going on in Mathura? What is the sadhana of Vasudev and Devaki? They wanted God. You study, you see what they, what they want. And then what did they get? Did they have a son? Did Vasudev and Devaki have a son? Because a four-armed person appeared in there, does that mean they had a son? With ornaments and everything? Effulgence? Is that what it means to have a son? No. Has nothing to do with having a son. That's some kind of divine uh, manifestation. Very extraordinary, worshipable. And that's what they did. They worshiped, they offered all types of prayers. Beautiful prayers to God. God appeared in their life. They didn't have a son. Some, some Vatsalya Bhava there. Not like Nanda Maharaj, not like Yashoda. Certainly so. So. She asked, oh, please, just take a 2 armed form or something like that. Uh, you, you're making a commotion here, and, and, and Kamsa wants to kill you. She was uh, somewhat strongly influenced by that bhava, but, so, so, but she didn't have a son. God appeared there. Meanwhile, Yashoda, she had a son. Now, some people say that she had a daughter, but the kind of son that she had is not without that daughter as I said, that female, that Shakti, Yogamaya, who's following him like a shadow everywhere, knowing his every move, orchestrating everything in the Lila like, like, a, like a stage, what do they call it, in the drama, stagehand, who changes the scenery and everything, and making all, facilitating everything about Krishna, facilitating the Parakya, everything, she's behind all of this, to make it possible that we might know and then he might get close to the pursuit of his fulfillment in Krishna-lila, which, of course, fell just a little short. Therefore, the necessity of Gaur-lila came. But in this way we should understand, Krishna is actually the son of Madhya Shoda, and she does not think he's the Supreme Personality of God. As human as any ordinary births, this is Krishna. Krishna is a 100% human and a hundred percent divine. This is very hard to understand. I don't mean human, I mean he comes a hundred percent on human terms. He's a hundred percent human-like. So I am Bhagavan. Very difficult for people for people to understand. Therefore, so much philosophy, it is a supreme personality. You've got to try to understand, try to understand. And if you understand it, and then you understand, oh, I'm going to give, I can give here fully. When you give to the fullest extent, that the giving overcomes the knowing, and then that's what you get. You get entrance into Christian Leela. and they would thought, "Oh, he's my son. He's my friend. He's my lover." You'll argue against the idea that he's God. The very same verses that are cited to establish his, his supremacy will be twisted in another way. Oh, he God! He, 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 it's not that he's like like Narayan and as Garga Muni said, that he is Narayan or he's God or anything like that. But some of the qualities of Narayan might manifest in him. Or Narayan might manifest some of his qualities sometimes in him. That's that's but he's fully our son, fully. So when Vasudev Krishna appeared at the request of Devaki, he assumed a two arm form. It means Swayam Bhagavan absorbed the forearm form. Vasudeva took him across the river to Vrindavan, exchanged him. That son had been born, but a daughter was also there, inextricably entwined with him. He couldn't see the son. The daughter manifested. He took the daughter, and that son merged into Nanda and Krishna. This is the Gaudiya understanding of Krishna Janmasthami. In other words, it really is the birthday of Krishna. He says, is, I'm unborn. This is all this Bhagavad Gita. This is, this is Nandan Krishna. Establishing religious principles, his eternality. But Prajanda Nandan Krishna is completely the son of Nanda and Yashoda. That's what they wanted. That's what they got. What your sadhana is, so is your sadhya. So we should have as our sadhya the ideal of prajbhakti. This is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach about. And how shall we have that as our sadhya? We have to learn so much tattva. We have to learn so why that is the, why that is worthy of, of giving all of, all of ourselves to. Why? So much reasoning, scriptural support and so forth. And then start to do it to give, with the appropriate sadhana, as taught by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Cukur succession. Then you can enter in this, and forget that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead and Nityamaya the son of Nanda. Celebrate the birthday of Krishna. You, you, you think this is a holy day? We'll do some ritual. It's a holy day. We we make so many things, but have you thought that today is the birthday of my friend? Now, if it was you to your friend and close to you, it's your birthday. How would you think about it? We should think like this about Krishna. My friend's birthday today. My best friend's birthday today. Then you have, you don't need any philosophy to motivate you. Why you should fast and spend and not spend time on yourself? Why you, it, it will simply be the what what would the burden appearance of the burden is a, is the labor of love. This is our ideal to get a glimpse into, in, into this. So are there any questions? What's the time? Uh, two nine. Oh wow. any question? We stop there. Sri Krishna Janmaster Muhammad Savati Ki Jai. Oh praymanandi.